Welcome back to the Dunn Rush and Company podcast. I'm Chris Sharp, and today I'm pleased to be able to talk with Greg Rush and Kevin Dunn, founding partners of Dunn Rush and Company, to discuss how business owners can best manage the deluge of unsolicited offers for their businesses. Welcome, Greg and Kevin. Thanks so much for talking with us today. Thanks, Chris. Chris, good to see you again. You as well. Um, so I've, I've read in your recent blog that many business owners are contacted constantly by people interested in acquiring their business. Uh, how does one know who's serious and whether they should speak to them? Well, you know, as you point out, business owners get, you know, multiple inquiries a week uh, from people that say they're interested in their business. And I think the first thing we talk to people about is determining whether it's an inquiry or an offer. An inquiry is someone who's registering, interested in learning more about the company and pulling information from you. And an offer is when someone knows enough to offer a specific price and terms for you. They're two very different things, of course. Um, If you get an inquiry, you really need to determine if it's real or not. Is it in writing? Who are they representing? Is that a legitimate potential acquirer? Why should you be interested in talking to them? We always tell people you you need to keep track of any bona fide inquiries by legitimate acquirers so that you can have a professional advisor research which of these parties might be worth including in a process when you choose to run one. The reason anyone calls a business owner on an unsolicited basis is specifically to avoid competing with other parties and trying to have one-to-one access so they can pull information and control the dialogue and the timing and the terms. So anyone that's doing that, as nice as they might seem, uh, they are interested in your business, but they're also uh, interested in not paying the best price or offering the best terms. So every piece of information that an owner provides a potential buyer prior to one single concerted effort to run multiple parties down a parallel track with the same set of information is going to potentially be used against the business owner to structure and negotiate something that's in favor of the buyer. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I think you touched upon this a bit, but uh, so, so what, what are some of the other downsides to talking to someone who approaches you? Well, Chris, there's a lot of uh, potential downsides to uh, speaking to somebody who approaches you, and particularly if it's multiple people that approach you. First, it takes time and effort. Most owners, CEOs of businesses are busy enough running their company. And now you get distracted on these one-off conversations with people that call you up, sound very nice, and uh, make an inquiry about whether you're potentially for, for sale. Another downside is a lot of these folks that call up are pretty charming. Their goal is to get information from you over the phone or via email. And inadvertently, you may share confidential information with them. You're likely not to have a non-disclosure agreement in place. So that's uh, a downside to uh, talking to uh, everyone that, that would call you up. And, you know, if you want to sell your business, you want to take the initiative and the lead and you want to position the company in its best light. If somebody calls a, a CEO up today, happens to get them on the phone and starts asking questions, that CEO is not prepared to describe his company or position it in the best light, which obviously leads to the best transaction and valuation. You're not ready or organized to go through what this process ultimately entails. 
I direct you to our website and check out our gold standard of preparation to see what would position a business in its best light for a sale. Going down the path with one or more parties that approach you on an unsolicited basis, you're far more likely to see a retrade on price terms or on both. Think about it. If you're talking to someone for six months about their potentially buying your business, they can drag things out and you feel like you don't want to start over again. So you're more likely to compromise on the transaction. And the net net is ultimately you're far less likely to reach a successful closing. And uh, so there's loads of downsides to doing these one-offs with somebody that approaches you on an unsolicited basis. Right. That makes sense. So is there anything about, you'd say, the current market conditions that are driving so much increased interest in acquiring companies right now? Yeah, Chris, you know, I, I think we've all probably read a lot about the M&A market. And there was a brief pause when COVID first hit in sort of Q2 of 2020. But it's been a bull M&A market for you know more than a decade now in general. And it's being driven by several things at the highest level. There's just a ton of money out there pursuing acquisitions, particularly in private equity. And interest rates are low, stocks are trading at all time highs, businesses need capital to grow, they need to find areas they can grow in organically, and acquisitions are an obvious place for them to look. I think a lot of business owners, when you think about the baby boomers and people talk a lot about the bubble and what businesses are gonna be available for sale or transition as people age, all of those things have contributed to what's been a record run for more than 10 years in you know, accelerating number of deals and valuations. But you know, I think specifically relating to dynamics we're seeing in 2021, the activity is off the charts. There's a ton of activity, both in terms of transactions trying to get done, professionals that serve buyers and sellers, attorneys, accountants, their time is squeezed to try and get things done. The early part of this year, we saw owners who were eager to get something done quickly to avoid potentially significant tax increases that have been discussed uh, as potentially being addressed in Congress and coming into play sometime in the near future. You know, that sort of was a bubble of activity that happened. And then, you know, because it takes so long to get these things done, I think you reached a point in the year, you know, in May, June kind of timeframe that it's less likely someone starting from scratch would have any chance to run a full-blown process and still get their deal closed by year end. So we've quieted down a little bit. But we do think that, you know, as you get to the back half of the year, it's far more likely that buyers will be trying to capitalize on that same fear that sellers have that tax increases are going to impact them in a big way. So I think the outbound calling efforts and unsolicited calling efforts we think are likely to increase to the degree that's possible. People get called all the time, but I think it's likely to increase here over the next couple of months with people potentially promising that they might be able to get something done quickly and you know ahead of any tax changes that, that might conceivably go into place like January 1st. But you know the downside to that is moving quickly will result in you know not running the full-blown process. And you know I think a lot of those buyers or, you know, the quid pro quo there is, yes, they'll move fast, they'll get through their due diligence, and they'll try to close, but they're also going to be getting people to sell at below market prices and terms because there just isn't enough time now to run a full competitive process and still close by year end. Right. And, and so I guess, what do you and your team advise business owners to do when they receive these unsolicited inquiries or offers to avoid any of these potential pitfalls? 
And can you give us any real-world examples of how best to manage that situation? Oh, Chris, we have a, a great example, and Greg and I both worked on this transaction. Recently, uh, there was a company that we worked with who received an offer from a large public company. So it's a very credible offer that on the surface seemed like a lot of money. And the owners who were not active in the business were happily collecting their quarterly distributions and they felt good about it. They saw this offer and thought, wow, I never thought my business was worth this much money. So the CEO invited us in to make a presentation to the shareholders about the estimated market value of their company if they brought it to market. And uh, we made our presentation and concluded that we thought the business was worth at least 40 to 60% more than that original offer. And the owners and CEO decided that if we felt confident we could get that a deal done in that range, that they would run a competitive process. We call this, and again, this is on our website as well, the Dunrush two-step competitive sale. Ultimately, the business was sold for a price 85% higher than the original offer. And interestingly, the unsolicited bidder who sort of kicked this whole process off, when told our client was going to run a competitive process, indicated that they weren't interested in competing. Uh, however, they ultimately stayed in the process and competed aggressively to the very end. So the point being, that party didn't go away. It stayed in there regardless. This result, this example I just used, uh, is not unusual. Our advice is that any company with the ability to run a competitive process will always leave price and terms on the table if they accept an unsolicited offer from the first party who knocks on the door. Our strong advice is to be prepared and be ready. So collect information, do it once, do it right, and do it on your own terms when you control the leverage. As, as Kevin just pointed out, selling a company is not like selling other types of products. If you go and you get a dozen bids, you're going to see valuations from the highest bidders that might be double the bottom bidders. And so it's not like something's a little more or a little less. I think it's all about savings and synergies and positioning. And it is very important that you know you, you go to a broad audience of people that have different reasons why they might value your company for different things. So that, I think, is ultimately why the process works better than any sort of a one-off if you can run a process. Absolutely. Um, Greg, Kevin, thank you so much for your time and insight on all this. And to our listeners, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. You can read more about managing unsolicited offers at the Dunrush website or reach out directly to Greg and Kevin to discuss your situation and how you might best handle next steps. Gentlemen, thanks again. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris.